Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking about five things that Christian women do not want. Now, I know there are a lot of loud voices out there, so-called speaking for all of us as women, but we have heard from so many of you saying, hey, actually, we don't want those things. In fact, we want the opposite. We don't like what we're hearing on, the, you know, seeing on the magazines, hearing on pop radio. Like, no, that doesn't represent us as women. So we are here to share some of the things that you all submitted and said, actually, we don't want these things. So let's jump in and hear what those are. What's up, everybody? I'm Kristen, and this is my sister, Bethany. (laughs) We're the founders of Girl Define, and we love talking about all things womanhood, biblical womanhood, identity, God's plan and purposes for us as women. That is our passion, getting back to God's design. So like, what is God's design? How do we embrace that as modern women? We know it's timeless. We know he has a good plan for us. And so that's what we love. So we're so glad you're joining us for this conversation, especially those of you who love God's design. (laughs) I think you're going to really resonate with this because we actually heard from so many of you you're actually where we got these from, yeah. right? These things that well, women don't want, they came directly from you. Yeah, so I had posted a reel to my Instagram the other day and I called it five things women don't want. And I was, you know how you have like a feeling like, hmm, this might, this might mm-hmm. cause a stir. It's a little spicy. And it really did though. It caused a big stir. But what I, like the majority of what I heard were you, but many of you saying like, yes, we totally agree. Like, thank you for saying this. Thank you for sh- like finally speaking up for this like perspective that doesn't get very much airtime. And then I yeah. posted like a little question box on my Instagram saying, okay, what else would you add to this list? What things don't like, don't we want or <laughs> what things what, what is it? do we not want to be defined by what are we not passionately chasing after that the world says we should be essentially yes. right so, so we realize these five things do not represent every woman out there but we feel like mm-hmm. the loudest voices often come across as representing all of us as women when that's not true there are a ton of yes. us who think differently who actually hold to a lot of traditional values and who are actually like I actually want the opposite. But if you say it, you kind of get lambasted Mm -hmm. and people get offended, but it's like, come on, we're just finally giving this a voice. Like, let it have some airtime. But people are like, no, how dare you? We're already such a minority with these perspectives. Let us have our moment, right? Let us have our moment. (laughs) Well, and that's actually a huge reason why we wrote our first book, Girl Defined. exactly. I wish I could show it for those of you watching, but we don't have it with us. But Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. It's radical, like in this day and age, to go back to God's design, which is often those traditional values, those values for family, for marriage, Mm -hmm. for what God's design is for gender, for womanhood, for distinctions, for seeing the beauty in those things. That's really radical in this modern day and age. And so when we wrote Girl Defined, we were kind of wanting to say, like, hey, ladies, you're not alone. We're in this together. Like, we are also chasing after God's design. We are here to bring back biblical womanhood in this modern day and age because it is still so relevant. We believe God's design is so beautiful. So that's why our very first book is actually all about this specific topic. So if you haven't read it and you're like, yes, I need more of that. I want to grow in this area. I want to know more about God's design. I don't want to feel so alone and isolated in this culture. Then grab a copy of Girl Define over on our website, girldefine.com slash shop. Get it on Amazon, get it at your library. We don't care. Just read it because it is yes. so empowering in the biblical sense of the word to be equipped with the truth of God's word about our design as women. Mm-hmm. 
So let's jump in. What are the five things that Christian women do not want? Okay. <laughs> now sing it out. I know this might like, like some of you are going to be like, yeah, like cheering on your chairs. And others of you are going to be like, it's you know, kind of so conversations that either get like the cheers yes. or. The- but come on, this is a, a quiet voice and we're bringing it out. Okay. The first let's thing go. that Christian women do not want is we do not want to be called birthing people. We do not want to be called birthing people. This was quite popular like in the uh in the Instagram uh box where people were submitting women were submitting things we do not want and you kept saying things like this like we don't want to be called birthing people. We don't want to be called people with a uterus. We don't want to be called uh bleeders, you know, things like that. Like trying to take away uh, aspects like of our physical body that are so core to how God made us and they're beautiful, but we're trying to say like, ah, no, we don't, we don't want to offend and everything's kind of neutral. So we have birthing people. We have bleeders. I mean, don't yeah. you feel like these terms are being thrown oh, around like yeah. crazy right now? I mean, now? it's so sad because we, as our, in our modern society, we have lost all capability of distinguishing yeah. a man from a woman because we are told, and we've talked about this yeah. in past episodes that, you know, the culture says no. And y'all know this. A man can be a woman. A woman can be a man. There's actually Actually no distinction. And so when you even try to define or ask someone who doesn't hold to what God's word says about a man and a woman, you say, what is a woman? What is a man? You get a blank stare. <laughs> like yeah. uh, It's just they're frozen because there is no straightforward answer anymore because things have become so distorted, so convoluted, so confusing in this world of like, we're trying to include everyone. Yeah. But when it comes to gender, like there are very clear lines. There are very clear distinctions that God has drawn that he has given us as our creator. And so we as Christian women cannot get confused. And we yeah. know that we aren't confused. And that's why I think many of us are frustrated yeah. saying, we don't want this. We don't buy into this. We don't believe that yeah. I am a woman. Yes, I was born with these specific female parts, and that is part of what defines me as a female, and that's very special and very valuable. Well, and we talk about this in our book, Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity, that the physical aspects point to something deeper about who God created us to be. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, God doesn't make mistakes like that in our, we might feel confused sometimes, and the world might tell us confusing messages, but we can look and say, wow, God had a good plan. He made me a woman. He gave me a uterus. He gave me these functions that are specifically for females, for women that men do not have. And that's something beautiful and something to be celebrated and not something just to say like, well, it doesn't really matter what your body parts are. You get to decide, you know, like kind of the whole thing with like Mm -hmm. gender reveals being like, oh no, we don't want to do that because we want to wait until they decide. Yes, they might have these certain body parts, but no, that doesn't really say anything about who they Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to take a step back and say, okay, God intentionally created the man and the woman. He intentionally created them so uniquely different, but so equally valuable. And it's beautiful and it's amazing. We as Christian women need to uphold that and and be bold about Mm -hmm. that fact and not shy away and start to give in to some of this. And I think, I mean, I am very much against using these modern terms. I think they're extremely offensive to everyone. And I think they only, you know, add to the confusion. Yeah, and they don't speak truth. And that is, as Christians, we must speak truth in love, which means we cannot buy into the confusion. We cannot buy into the narrative. We can't even buy into the language in so many ways. We have to be willing to say what the world looks at and says, that's unloving, that's bigoted, that's hateful, to call this man a woman or the reverse, you know, whatever he wants to be called. If you choose to acknowledge the truth about his design, 
design as God created him, then you're called all sorts of names. And so we can't back down because we love truth too much. We love people too much to say, we love you so much that we care about the truth about who God made you to be. Mm -hmm. And so with compassion, with love, with grace, we can step forward in truth out of love for everyone. And that is truly the most loving and compassionate thing to do is to speak the truth, right? (laughs) So we don't care about this at all. We have no opinions on this. No. Okay. So that's the first thing that Christian women do not want. And the second thing that Christian do Christian women do not want is that we don't want to chase spend our most fertile years chasing after a career. Ooh. I know this one is going to get Ooh. a lot of mixed feelings right now. And you know, this again, this doesn't represent every Christian woman, but this does represent a lot yeah. of Christian women. And in and fact, again, women. and this is like, true. Yeah. And a lot of women who don't even believe in the Bible yeah. are saying, you know what? As as we're learning more about our bodies, more about our fertility, as many of us are wrestling with infertility, as we're learning more about our cycle, our fertile, yes. fertile years, how our eggs decline over time, we're starting to yeah realize, you know what? We have been buying into this lie that we should, as women, spend our youngest, most healthy, most fertile, most energetic years building our career and slaving away, exhausted, you know, barely sleeping, just crushing Mm -hmm. our bodies. And then maybe sometime down the road, like sometime in those golden years of like 40, you know, when you're basically hitting menopause, then we're told, okay, then maybe you can settle down and like think about getting married, think about starting a family, or maybe you're married, you know, but by all means, don't even think about kids because that will interrupt every possible career path that you're pursuing. (laughs) And many women have bought into this and now are backtracking and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if this is actually as good as it sounds. And as we've talked to many of you, you feel the same way. We, yes, we have ambitions. We have passions. We obviously have a lot as well. We are passionate about ministry, about podcasting videos, like bringing truth to you. That obviously takes time. You have a lot of personal like business passions. (laughs) It doesn't mean as women that we throw all of our passions that are outside of children out the window. You know, you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, a very ambitious, very passionate, very savvy business entrepreneurial entrepreneurial kind of woman, but you see her values. You see that she was able to pursue her family, pursue her her husband, her children, like all of those things at the same time in tandem with these other things. And so I think there is a way, a healthy balance to pursue both, but there are many of us who don't want that, just like that nine to five, like have kids in 20 years if you can. Like we're ditching that and saying, no, I think our most fertile years are when we're young. Yes. And many of us, we genuinely want to take advantage of that because it just makes sense. Yeah. I feel like you're giving uh, like pitches for my She Works Smart page. Oh, well, there you just gave one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. But seriously, we, you actually did two interviews that were yeah. incredible. So episode 98 and episode 99 were all on the topic of birth control, family planning. And we had an incredible woman on, Candace Waters, who really brought this perspective yeah. and just exactly what you're talking about, like where we invest our most fertile years into our degrees and into our careers. And then <laughs> when our fertility is kind of on the fritz, we're like, oh, no, let me think about having children. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a cruel wake up for a lot of women yeah. and they're they're struggling. And so go listen to episode 98 and then 99 was with a doctor who really went into a lot of the more medical side of things and just what you're saying, like egg right. quality declining. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't know, I know. about so many of these, these things still even recently. Yeah. And I know a lot of you who listened to that episode, did you say 99? Yeah. On birth control, the birth control pill specifically, as you've learned about like, oh, your cycle and why it is often much harder for women in their yeah. later 30s to conceive. It's not just random. 
random, like there are phys- physiological declines. Like our fertility is declining yeah. and like our eggs, we are losing our egg count until we hit menopause. Then we have none and then our fertility is zero. And yeah. so it's like, we're not realizing, you know, you hear people talk about like, oh, the ticking clock and all this, but it there is actually reality yes. to that. Like yeah. it's not just a joke. There, there is a, there is an end. And many of us are realizing, you know what? It makes sense. Yeah. Like having kids younger, when you're more fertile, yeah. when you have more energy, like, Hmm, maybe we should rethink yeah. this bill of goods that society has just been pushing on us through the waves of fem- feminism really over the last, yeah. I don't know, how many decades. Well, and it's not an accident that we were built this way and we were made this way. I mean, God is such a good designer, such a good creator, and he made us to be most fertile in our <laughs> most youthful years. <laughs> and I just think back to when I was like in my 20s as compared to now in my 30s, and <laughs> my energy does not look the same. And I, I mean, you might be able to tell, I don't know how much I'm in video, but I am like, you you know, just like how many weeks, weeks pregnant? at this point, eight weeks away from okay. giving birth. And I just, I'm like, I think if I was 24, I'd probably be feeling totally different. <laughs> I'm 34. And I, you know, that was God's plan for me. I wanted right. to get married younger. I wanted to have kids younger, but it's also that open hands of surrender. We don't yes. ultimately control these things like ultimately, but yeah. we do have choices that we can make. And if we are intentionally putting that off and, and saying, no, like maybe we need to take a step back. Maybe we need to rethink mm-hmm. this because it is something, I think having children, embracing motherhood, it is something beautiful. And I, I, I love when I see some of these younger women actually, you know, if they have the opportunity to get married and to see them starting their families, I just think it's yeah, so exciting I know. and really awesome. Okay, I'll jump into number three, the third thing that Christian women do not want. And this came directly from one of you. You said, we don't want men to stop being chivalrous. Amen, <laughs> sisters. So basically- Who wants that? That's what I want I know, know. That whole idea where it's like men are kind of like coming under the hammer and like, oh, anything they do for women is like, you're just putting them down and you're treating us like we're less than- Like it's but almost the, sexist yes. for a man to like be chivalrous. And it's like- almost like toxic manhood, yes. you know, where yes. there's so many of us as women who appreciate a man's strength, who appreciate the differences and who appreciate men who honor women and respect women and, you know, go out of their way to just show kindness and care. I mean, it is so ridiculous to me, these TikToks that I see or these, you know, feminist women yes. who are so mad, even when a man just like opens the door for them or, you know, like does something chivalrous like that. It's like, how dare you? What do you think? I don't have strong arms. It's like, oh my goodness. Well, you're pleasant. <laughs> you know, but it's just simple things like that. Like a man going out of his way to show kindness, to show care, to show concern for the a woman or, you know, a female around him. And I just think that's really, really awesome. I personally really yeah. appreciate it. And I think there are a ton of women who still do. I mean, we don't want men to stop being chivalrous. I think many of us would stand yeah. on a high horse and say, amen. You know, I think of in my own marriage with my own husband since day one, he's always been so chivalrous in many ways, but a few of them that come to mind that I really appreciate <laughs> that if he stopped, I would be like, oh, and it's just, it's, it's not because I'm incapable of doing these things. For example, like he, he always opens my car door when I get in and out. And it's just really sweet. It's not that I'm incapable of opening my own door. I drive my own car plenty with without him and I do get in and out. I know that might surprise you, but 
<laughs> I am capable. But it's just a sweet gesture of him showing that kindness, showing that love, even respect, just saying, I love you. I want to take care of you. I'm here for you. And it's just like a gentlemanly yeah. gesture that, in fact, used to be very common. Yeah. You know, you watch any shows, like we like the Andy Griffith show yeah. and like some of these old shows, and you watch and you just see this chivalry. You see such distinctions of like the masculine man, the kind masculine man, and like the feminine woman. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful contrast. And in this day and age, because things have become so convoluted, so yeah. distorted, it's like we're offended by everything everyone does. We can't even appreciate yeah. those distinctions and those differences that it's so sad to me. It's like you watch those old shows and it's just honestly beautiful. Yeah. Like it's a beautiful complementarian yeah. function. And it's just sad that we've lost that. Yeah. I know many of us want that and we don't want to lose that. And we acknowledge and realize that there are men and women who are just not kind and not and very selfish and manipulative and all of that. So we don't want yes. that. We're talking about men with genuine hearts who aren't perfect, but who like care about women and who want to respect them. And I feel bad that we just like, hammer them on the head all the time. And then we're like, you're the worst. You know, It's like, why are we doing that? Why can't we appreciate these differences and, you know, just embrace them and enjoy them? I mean, it, it's simple things even like, uh, whoa, I'm <laughs> knocking my whole mic over. Like a man, you know, going on a date and and the man would pay for the date, you know? And it's just a way of him saying, hey, let me let me take care of this. Like, I invited you. But it's, like you're saying, mm-hmm. so convoluted, so mixed up that, you know, I don't know. It's, I appreciated yeah. all the dates that I went on that were paid for. <laughs> <laughs> the distinctions are beautiful. And if we embrace them, and if a man is walking in his masculine strength in a humble, kind yeah. way to serve others, to love others, I think Jesus is the most perfect example of this, right? Yeah. Of like the the strongest human in the world, maybe not like when he was human in the muscle sense of the word, but like in every other capacity, right? Like he was well, we don't God. Know. We don't know. We've he was a carpenter. He might have been really. Yeah, this is true. We've never seen really him. Strong. He was the strongest man. And yet, what was he? He said, I came to serve and not yeah. be served. He came to love others, to pour out, to reach out to those that others were disgusted to touch, disgusted to look at. And that is like, to me, the ultimate picture yeah. of that masculinity, that chivalry, that kindness, that humility. And when men are genuinely loving others with that kind of heart, like, why would we want to squash yeah. that? Why would we want to smash that? We don't. We want to encourage that and call that out. So. Let's go. Let's jump into number four. This one is spicy. Mm. So if your spicy parameter is like, I can't handle anymore, you might want to turn it off right now. Because number four, and again, many of you said this, we don't want someone else raising our kids. (laughs) Okay. Straight off the bat, I know that there are circumstances and situations where there are incredible uh, single moms who mm-hmm. are providing and doing the very best that they absolutely can. What we are talking about here and what many of you are emphasizing, we don't want someone else raising our kids, is this whole idea that you need to be out there. You need to be fighting for a career. You need to be making a name for yourself. And being a mom, being like a stay-at-home mom, like investing in your kids, like, ooh, like we don't want that. Mm-hmm. That's not something to chase after. That's not something to pursue. That's not something worthy. Like you need to do something better with your time. And I know we hear this like, well, no, we want every woman to do what she wants. But how often are you mm-hmm. hearing the role of motherhood in women who aren't just mothers, but who actually choose to invest into their children and who, who choose to spend the best hours of their 
day with their children. Like, how often are they getting the praise? How often are they making the front of the magazine? Like, pretty much never, yeah, you yeah. know? It was so interesting. I was listening to this interview the other day, and it wasn't a Christian interview, totally secular, but one of the ladies on was, um, I can't remember who she was, but she was somewhat semi-famous okay. in like the maybe a political or like media world. I don't really know. But she ha- was really climbed the ladder, the corporate ladder, very, very successful in the world's eyes, like according to the world standards of success. Yeah. And she shared on this interview that one of her biggest regrets was that she chose not to have kids because she was so focused on climbing the ladder, mm-hmm. pursuing her career. And she was sharing, not even, she. I don't even think she was a believer. She was just saying to this day, and I think at the time of the interview, she's past child, like wow. bearing years. She was saying that is one of her biggest regrets. And I think that is what so many of us who maybe buy into this lie that like, yes, children aren't really worth much. Like it's not really that awesome. They're hard. They're expensive. Like, and yes, all of those things are true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like motherhood is just like you wake up and it's this dream world of like rainbows and butterflies every day. Like it's not like that for you. <laughs> they, oh, you know, there are challenges and it can be yeah. hard, but we know it's worth the investment. It's worth the time. And my heart just goes out to women who are past that season looking back and saying, yeah. man, I think I really miss something because from that vantage point, you know, maybe that career they fought for for so many years, maybe all the success that they have, maybe the world's applause yeah. is just ringing a little empty as they compare yeah. maybe the value of family. So, yeah. I mean, that's been something the two of us have had to really adjust because like we've said, we've both desired children right. for a very long time. Neither of us had children until our thirties. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my son, David Jr. about to have a little girl. You've adopted your two awesome right. boys. And so we desired these things in our twenties. Yes. They did not happen for us, but it's been a shift because we had like, you know, not really by choice, but we had a lot of time where we right. just kind of could focus on ourselves and our marriage and whatever we wanted. And then you have kids and your whole world is turned upside down in the best way possible. But we both have realized how much yeah. like our time, we don't have unending time. We can't be in two places at once. And so we've really had to like completely adjust the way that we run Girl Defined. We've mm-hmm. had to completely adjust our schedules. And we actually did an episode all on motherhood um, a few back. I don't have the oh, episode yeah. number in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll try to find it. Oh, I, I might be able to pull it up. Um, We did it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. How motherhood, it was how motherhood has changed our priorities in ministry, episode 94. So if you're like, yeah, how does that yeah. work? How does that adjustment happen? I mean, we are not perfect at this, but we definitely see the value and the beauty and the like incredible calling that motherhood mm-hmm. is. And neither of us want to get 10, 20 years down the road and look back and go, wow, we invested in all of this career stuff, all of this even ministry, like formal ministry stuff and missed out on discipling our own children, missed out on investing in those relationships. And so, you know, I know that's something Mm -hmm. that many of you desire and it takes sacrifice. Sometimes it takes living in a smaller house, only driving one car, you know, all of that. It can take a lot of sacrifice, but it's so awesome to see that so many of you are desiring that. And we just want to encourage you to be courageous and bold and vocalizing that because just know there are a lot of other women out there who feel the same way as you. Mm -hmm. All right. This takes us into our last (laughs) and final thing that Christian women do not want. And this is kind of piggybacking on one we shared a little bit earlier. So we're just going to get an even more hot water here. Last thing, we don't want to compete with men in the workplace. Boom. <laughs> we just made some people really angry. <laughs> and some people cheered. Okay, we've got both. We always get both. Yes. But we don't, you know, we have been told that the pinnacle yeah. of success is to be climbing the ladder, to be thriving in your nine to five. 
every day, Monday through Friday, maybe working some weekends, you know, traveling here and there, whatever it takes, like competing with men, you know, fighting for equal pay, fighting for equal positions, fighting for that CEO role. I mean, we are like women are applauded whenever a woman makes it to any position. It's the first time a woman's in that position. It's like, wow, like (laughs) as if it's the pinnacle of womanhood. But we are, that's what's applauded. That's a, that is what is upheld. And so it can be easy and tempting for us as women to look at that and go, oh, my life is really lame. I am not in any sort of CEO position. I am not running any company. I am not climbing any ladder except the bunk bed in my kid's room to go tuck them in at night, you know? And so, wow, I'm a failure, but that is not true. And Mm -hmm. many of us are realizing that we may have been buying into that lie, but we're kind of backtracking now and going, actually, is that really what I want? Is that daily grind, that nine to five fighting in the workplace, you know, traveling, competing against men? Like, is that truly what I want? And so many of us are stepping back and saying, no, that's yeah. not what I want. But that doesn't mean I don't have passions. Again, yeah. it doesn't mean I have these ambitions or even these like business ideas or that you're not entrepreneurial or that you don't have certain giftings, photography or music or art, other skills that God has given you. You're just, we're getting more creative. Yeah. We're saying we don't need to find our identity and competing against men in the workplace. We can pursue our our passions. We can uphold yeah. motherhood and be there for our children. We just, we're getting more creative yeah. in how we do it. And I love that. And it's cool to see, like not even in the Christian world, mm-hmm. but just like in the health world and the appreciate people who are really appreciating the natural functions of a woman's body. Like several, of, uh, several of you actually sent in and mentioned how you don't want to work this nine to five job because it, it doesn't align with how you're made, like on your monthly cycle and stuff. And I've started to hear mm-hmm. like women who are becoming entrepreneurs specifically so that they can kind of work more in line with the natural energy and, and be able to rest in times when your body is saying like, Hey, you need to rest. And instead of viewing that as a weakness, they're starting to view that as a beautiful strength and a beautiful, mm-hmm. unique aspect aspect of their body and just even the ability when you get pregnant or right. just being able to say, Hey, my body is doing something so amazing. Like this is really hard, like creating another human, you know, <laughs> and I can take a step back. I don't have to continue hammering away at the pace and then, okay, work, work, work as soon as I, you know, get off my return. It's like, we, we should yeah. think differently. Like we're not the same as men and that's okay. It doesn't mean we're weaker or less than, but we can view our, our different uh, physical aspects as strengths and tap into more of a schedule that I guess just aligns more with the way that God made us. And so I'm really encouraged to see, um, you know, just women out there speaking up about this and saying, hey, that's not cool actually to just like, you know, destroy your body and destroy your life Mm -hmm. trying to, trying to keep up with men. Like we can actually do something different and this is really important. So that's encouraging for me to see. Yeah. And if you look back in the history of time, like this nine to five, this corporate kind of job it's kind of a newer thing. Yeah. It's like when the industrial revolution happened and then people started getting out of their homes, working in factories, working in businesses, that kind of changed the whole function of our society yeah. and how people viewed work. And so what I love about today is that we are in some ways saying, actually, that's not really what we want. And in fact, that hasn't always been yeah. how things have worked. And so we are stepping back and we're almost going back in time in some ways of getting more creative, of figuring out how we can do the work that maybe we enjoy, maybe that we're gifted in, um, in a more creative way and recognizing, yes, that men and women are different, just like back in yeah. the farm days, they the men and women weren't all doing the exact same job, but they were working in a way that really, yeah. you know, like their whole family was blessed because they were each functioning in roles that were really beneficial to their bodies as men yeah. and women and to their families. And so I feel like in some ways, we're not necessarily getting back to the farm, although many people are. I know, That's a movement too. The homesteading. It's a movement, but we are kind of recognizing, you know, it's okay yeah. to not all be the same. It's okay yeah. to lean into our different strengths 
strengths as men and women, and then actually encourage each other in that to yeah. cheer each other on and recognize the differences are actually a really good thing. So I'm kind of excited for the way yeah. things are trending right now. Absolutely. And I want to hear from you. Like, I'd love to hear either in a review on the podcast, you know, let us know what which one you most resonated with. Say, hey, like, yeah, I totally agree with this. I resonate with this. And yes, I am another woman who does not want those things. You know, mm-hmm. let us know. Be bold. You know, kind of put yourself out there a little bit and say, yeah, I actually... I agree with this. Um, and then if you follow us on any of our social media, on Instagram at Girl Defined or on YouTube at Girl Defined, leave a comment letting us know what would you add to that list? What's Ooh. something that you as a Christian woman do not want? You number know, I'm six. curious. Yeah, add your number six. And who knows, if we get enough, we might have to make a part two. We'll see. Ooh. So leave your comments. Um, and if you want to take a deeper dive, definitely yes. grab our book, Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity, because that is going to really help you unpack this all from a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. a biblical worldview. Before I go, I want to give a shout out to our patron, patrons, though. <gasps> yes. Patrons. Oh, patrons? y'all are amazing. Patron. Yes. Our patrons. Yeah, patrons. So you guys know that our, our content, our channels are supported by our Patreons. You're like, what's Patreon? I don't even know. It's basically like a, a hub, a platform where you can support certain creative, what do you call us? I don't know, like content creators that you <laughs> content love. Creators. And so over on patreon.com, we have a wonderful yeah. community of people who support these podcasts, our videos. or $2 per week, essentially. So it ends up being like four or five bucks. It's not much, but together, you guys are the backbone of what we do. You enable us to keep going. So if you love this kind of spicy hot button topics and you want us to be relevant, bringing you this truth, truth that you resonate with, truth that you want to link arms with and say, yes, I'm not alone. I'm in this with the sisterhood. Then would you consider joining us just a couple bucks? It's like one latte a month. It's like you're buying us a latte and saying, hey, good job. And we really appreciate it. And we give you free monthly resources as our way of saying thank you for linking arms with us. And then we just have fun Q&As. We do some like live videos on there with yeah. you guys that are just for patrons. So head on over to patreon.com slash girl to find to get more info. And if you really appreciate this content and you really don't like all the haters hating on our channel, then go leave us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, these topics get the hate and we see that and we're like, okay, yeah, we know there's pushback. But if you who love it don't say anything, then we get kind of discouraged. Yeah. So please go leave that five-star review on Spotify, on Apple. Let us know what you loved about this and what kind of future topics you want us to cover. Until then, guys, we love y'all so much and we'll chat with y'all next week.